0: don't you love crispy cream donuts say amen if you don't i shall pray for you i will put you on my prayer list you need something well john maxwell loves crispy cream donuts too and he said whenever he sees that hot donut sign that's just a message from the lord saying well done good and faithful servant here is your reward Well, he drove by Krispy Kreme Donuts one day, and the sign wasn't on. And he thought, well, that's strange. I I need to look at this. And so he pulled down in the parking lot, parked, went into the store, and guess what? They were making hot donuts. So he went to the lady at the counter, and he says, Ma'am, you're making hot donuts. And she said, Yes, I know. He said, Your sign is not on. Yes, I know. And he said, You want me to turn it on? Where's the switch? I'll turn it on for you. She says, No, if we turn that sign on, we'll be busy for the next two hours. Hmm. That lady had lost sight of the bigger picture, hadn't she? She got focused in on what concerned her: her comfort level, her preferences, her 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 stress level, or whatever it was, her busyness. But it she she lost sight of the fact: hey, your job is to make and sell donuts. She lost sight of the of her place in that franchise. She wasn't hired there for her enjoyment, for her entertainment, for her agenda. She was hired there to ensure the success of that particular business, and that success depended on making and selling donuts for a profit. She also lost sight of the much, much larger, larger picture, the meta picture, that she was a small part of this whole great big Krispy Kreme corporate enterprise and she was supposed to be making and selling donuts. So she just she lost sight of all of that, and she just got focused in on what pertained to her right then and right there. Now, I tell you that story because that can happen to churches too. It can happen to ministers. It can happen to Sunday school teachers. It can happen to active, faithful church members. It can happen to not-so-active, not-so-faithful church members. It can happen to every single one of us where we lose sight of the big picture and what we're supposed to be doing, and we just get kind of distracted by our own agendas or our own comfort level or or what impacts us directly. So this morning, as we begin this new church year, let's just kind of let's get realigned, recalibrated. Let's synchronize our watches, if you will, and let's remember... The big picture, who we are and what we're doing and why we do what we do. So we're going to review some familiar territory. In fact, our text this morning is a very familiar text. If you've been in church much at all, you've seen this and heard this before. But let's take a look. We call this the Great Commission. At the end of the Gospel of Matthew, it says in verse 18, Jesus came up and spoke to them, his disciples, and he said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Again, a familiar passage. We call that the Great Commission. That is the commission that we have been given by our Lord and Savior. So let's take a look at this for a little bit by way of review. If you have your bulletin, there's that listening guide. Let's start, first of all, with the Master's authority. Our master's authority. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. In Revelation 19, Jesus is called the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Here he puts it this way. I have all authority in heaven and on earth. (laughs) That's, That's all authority. There's no authority left out there that doesn't belong to him. He has all authority in heaven and on earth. He is the king of kings and lord of lords, our master's authority. And the one who has all authority gave us a mission, a commission. Now, we'll get into the particulars of the mission here in just a little bit. But when the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth gives you an order, that means that your mission, the mission that he gives you, is not optional. He has all authority in heaven and on earth, and that means that the mission he gives is not optional. Now, I'll give you a sneak peek. The mission is make disciples. But now, I didn't come up with that. I didn't read a book. Oh, I think we ought to make disciples at our church. It didn't come from me. It didn't come from the staff. It didn't come from the deacons. We didn't get it from Lifeway. Folks, it comes from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Our mission given to us by the King of Kings is to make disciples. It's not optional. Not only is it not optional, it is not ours to redefine. It's not ours to redefine. Notice that in the text, as Jesus gives his disciples this commission I want you to go make disciples of all the nations, he doesn't ask for their input. What do you think, guys? Y'all mind doing that? You want to weigh in? <laughs> he doesn't ask for our input. There's no opinion survey, there's no online survey. We're not to go out into the community and ask the community, what do you think the church ought to be doing? What do, you, what do you expect from the church? What do you think the church should be? It's not up to them. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords has told us what we're to be and what we are to do. That's the final authority. He has all authority in heaven and on earth. So, our mission is not optional. Our mission is not ours to redefine. And our mission is a mandate from the highest authority. It is a mandate. The very definition of a mandate is an authoritative command. It is a formal order given from a superior official or a superior court to an inferior court or an inferior official. That's the very definition of a mandate. Mandates are mandatory. The one who has all authority in heaven and on earth, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, has given us a mandate. It's mandatory. It's not optional. It's not up for us to tweak it or adjust it or make it how we like it. The mission is the mission from him. All right? So the mission, as we're going to see, is to make disciples. So there's our master's authority. Now let's take a look at the mission. He says, go therefore, I have all authority in heaven and on earth, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. So our mission is to make disciples. That's the mission. I have all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, going, make disciples. So that's our mandatory mission, make disciples. Now that begs a question, what's a disciple? (laughs) He told us to go make them. What exactly are we making? What is a disciple? What are we supposed to be doing? Now, in times past, we have gone through the historical background of discipleship and what that means in the New Testament and when Jesus calls people to be his disciple, what is he talking about? I'm not going to rehash all of that this morning, but suffice it to say, or let it suffice, let's, let's just lean on the fruit of that previous work that we've done before. So it's on your outline here. A disciple in that historical background, the context of the New Testament, a disciple of Jesus Christ, It's someone who has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that shapes and defines his whole life, his entire life. That's the definition of a disciple. Someone who has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that shapes and defines his entire life. Now let that sink in a minute. That's what it means to be a Christian, not just a disciple. That's what it means to be a Christian, that you have a personal relationship. That you know him and he knows you. You have a relationship with Jesus Christ that shapes and defines your entire life. Now, let me say this: You can join a church and not have that relationship. You can be very religious and not have that relationship. You can believe, you can know and believe a lot of the Bible stuff, not have that relationship. You can have a degree in biblical studies and not know him. You can get baptized so often that your skin shrivels up and not know him. You can, you you can do all these religious things. And not know him. The question is, do you know him? Do you know him and he knows you? Do you have that relationship with Jesus Christ? A dynamic, vital relationship that shapes and defines your entire life. That's what it means to be a Christian. That's part of what it means to be a disciple. Secondly, we've we've seen before, a disciple, by definition, adheres to Christ's instructions and commands. That's what a disciple does. He follows the commands and the instructions of his mentor, his leader. Um, That's what a disciple does. A disciple of Christ imitates Christ. That's, what de- that's the definition of a disciple. Whether it's a, uh, it's, think of an apprentice in that day, in that context, a rabbi or a philosopher or a craftsman, he would have disciples. His disciples would learn by imitation. They would repeat his arguments or they would practice that skill as the master practices the skill as well. They, they learn by imitation. That's what we do. Jesus said, follow me. That's his imitation, follow me, imitate me. And then a disciple, by definition, a disciple champions his cause. A a disciple of Christ champions the cause of Christ. The cause of Christ is the kingdom of heaven and the glory of God. So we champion his cause. So that's the definition of a disciple. Someone who has a personal relationship with Christ that shapes and defines his entire life. He follows or obeys the instructions and commands of Christ. He imitates Christ And he champions the cause of Christ. That's a disciple. That's the job. So, our job as a church, your job as a Christian, is to go make that, (laughs) be that, and lead others to be that, to make disciples in in this way. He didn't tell us to, as a church, hey, y'all, draw some really good crowds. No, he didn't tell us to do that. He didn't tell us to uh, make converts. Although that's part of it, but that's that's not the mission. The mission is make disciples, make disciples. So that's the mission. Now, notice here that there's one imperative verb and three participles. The verb here, the command in this commission is make disciples. In our English, it sounds like he gave us four things to do. In English, here's what it sounds like. It sounds like we're supposed to go... And then, secondly, we're supposed to make disciples. And thirdly, we're supposed to baptize people. And fourthly, we're supposed to teach them. So it sounds like four verbs, four imperatives. That's the four things we're supposed to do. But in the language of the New Testament, there's actually one verb, one command, one instruction make disciples. The other three things are participles, and they all describe making disciples. So here's what this looks like We're supposed to make disciples. Going. Here's one, dis- one participle going. As you go. Make disciples. When you go, make disciples. Going. Having gone. Make disciples. Now notice we don't wait. We're not supposed to sit at church and wait. Boy, I wish I wish some folks would come here who want to be disciples. And man, if they did, if they'd sign up, we'd be all over that. No, we're not supposed to wait here for folks to show up and then we make them disciples. No, as you go, going, there's a presupposition, we're going. <laughs> we're going to go. As you go, when you go, where you go, going, having gone, make disciples. What does this look like for you and for me? As you go to work, you make disciples in the workplace. As you go to the ball field, make disciples at the ball field. As you go into your neighborhood, you make disciples in your neighborhood. As you go, when you go, where you go, going, having gone, you make disciples. You're sharing the gospel wherever you go. We don't just get people here to hear the gospel, although... Invite lost friends here, and we want them to hear the gospel. But you take the gospel with you as you go, when you go, going, having gone, you go. And share the gospel, make disciples wherever you go. Not only going, but then he says baptizing. Another participle describing the main verb. Make disciples, baptizing them. Now, we've talked about baptism in other settings. I'm not going to get all into the weeds with that and what it means and doesn't mean this morning. But suffice it to say, in the New Testament, baptism... is is the New Testament way for a disciple of Jesus Christ to identify himself as a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's what it boils down to. This is the New Testament way of a Christian standing up before a world saying, I'm a Christian. I believe in a Savior who died for me and He was buried and He was raised again and I have died and I've I've been buried and I've been raised to walk in the newness of life and I'm a whole new person because of Jesus Christ and I'm a disciple of Christ and I don't care who knows it. I am not ashamed of Christ. Bottom line, that's what baptism is all about. And so Jesus said, make disciples. As you go, when you go, where you go, going, having gone, make disciples. And as you share the gospel, when people pray to receive Christ, as they repent and believe the gospel, as they get saved, baptize them. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Where they make that public profession. Where they identify themselves publicly as one of my disciples. One of these disciples you just made. And then thirdly, teaching. So there's going, baptizing, and teaching. It's all part of making disciples. Going, baptizing, and teaching. Teaching them what? Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. In other words, adhering to the instructions and commands of Christ. Remember, that's what a disciple does. So we... Teach folks. So we take the gospel to people who don't know Jesus, and as they come to faith in Christ, we baptize them, identifying them as a disciple, and we teach them the things of God, the Word of God, the commands of Christ, that they might follow the commands of Christ every day in every way and in every part of life. That's the mission. That is the commission, the great commission. That is the job. So make disciples, going, baptizing, teaching. Now, look at the cover of your bulletin. On the cover of your bulletin, we have our church's mission statement and our vision statement. Now, years ago, we had a huge bulletin, and this used to be in the bulletin every week. You couldn't get away from it. And then to save money, we went to this small bulletin, and and this went away. So you haven't seen it for a while, but it's just a good time to be reminded. And on opening day, open for business on opening day, let's just be reminded. A mission statement is a... It's a statement of purpose, So whether it's Krispy Kreme donuts. Hey, we're here to make the best donuts on the face of the planet. You know, Whatever, whatever the mission statement, whatever the corporation is. Well, here's our mission. The mission of First Baptist Church of St. Bethlehem is to lead people into a growing relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our mission statement. That's why we're here. Now, that's, that's the Great Commission. That's a, just another way of rephrasing all that we just said. Making, ba- making disciples, baptizing them, teaching them, evangelism. It's just another way of rephrasing it, a shorter way of saying the Great Commission. But that's what it is. Our mission, why are we here? We're here to lead people into a growing relationship with Christ. Folks who don't know the Lord, we want to lead them to know the Lord. We want to love them to the cross. We want to share the gospel with them. We want to lovingly, intentionally, persuasively lead them to faith in Jesus Christ. And then once someone is saved... We want to lead them to grow in that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior. So that's our mission. We want to lead people into a growing relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, it's the Great Commission. And every biblical mission statement for any church, it's it's going to sound like the Great Commission in some way, form, or fashion. It's going to be the Great Commission. All right? Now, that's our mission statement. Then we have our vision statement, our vision A vision statement is a preferred future. So whenever you see an organization with a vision, this is where they want to go. This is what they hope to be. So our vision as, as a church, our vision, our preferred future, what we want to be and do is to be a healthy, balanced congregation by leading believers to live healthy, balanced lives. How do we do that? What does that look like? By leading them to come to Christ in worship, connect with others through fellowship, grow in spiritual maturity through discipleship, serve others through ministry, and go reach the lost through evangelism. In other words, the five so-called functions of the church. So that's our preferred future. A healthy, balanced congregation hits all five of those regularly, systematically, purposefully, and a healthy, balanced believer hits all five of those as well. So that's our vision. That's our preferred future. As we start this new year, it's just a time to to be reminded, here's our mission, here's our vision. Everything we do as a church needs to line up with this mission and vision. We don't have time for anything else. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth, has given us a job, make disciples. That's the job, make disciples. We don't have time to do anything else. We don't have the freedom to do anything else. We don't have the resources to do anything else. Everything needs to line up. Does this lead people into a growing relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Or does this event, this activity, does this in some way lead people to live healthy, balanced lives in these five functions? Is this a part of this? If not, somebody else can go do that. We don't need to do that. We've got our plates full with our own mission given to us by our Lord And our vision. So everything needs to line up right on track. Now take a look at uh, at the master's assurance. So we have our master's authority. All authority in heaven and on earth. We have our master's assignment. The great commission. And now listen to our master's assurance. Verse 20. Teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. Even to the end of the age. There's his assurance. I'll be with you every step of the way. Now we, boy, we, we bank on the promise of his presence, don't we? You go through some hard times. You get a, a bad diagnosis from your doctor or your marriage is in trouble or your kid is in trouble or your job is in trouble. Or you go through some crisis and you, I mean, you hang your hat on the promise. He himself has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. God is with me. I'm not alone. I don't have to go through this alone. The Lord is with me. The Lord will help me. Man, we we bank on that promise, the promise of the Lord's presence. But here in the Great Commission, it is the promise of His presence as we go make disciples of all the nations. I'm with you. It's His assurance of His presence. One, His presence encourages us. His presence. I'm with you. Go make disciples of all the nations. Lord, that sounds hard. Oh, yeah, it's going to be hard. But I'll be with you every step of the way. Lord, that sounds emotionally draining. Oh, it's going to be. But I'll be with you every step of the way. Lord, this is going to be frustrating because people are crazy. I know. But I'll be with you every step of the way. Lord, that's going to be scary. I know. But I'm with you every step of the way. Lord, this could be dangerous. I know. But I'll be with you every step of the way. His presence encourages us as we make disciples, as we take the gospel to a lost world, as we lead believers to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, as you get involved with people, it gets messy, and you're going to get your feelings hurt, and you're going to be disappointed, and you're going to get frustrated, and it can uh, can just be painful. And yet, the Lord says, I'm with you. I am with you always. Not only does His presence encourage us as we fulfill His mission, His presence empowers us. To fulfill his mission. Here at the end of Matthew, Jesus gives the Great Commission. Acts chapter 1 tells us kind of the rest of the story. And Jesus tells his disciples, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth, but not yet. You're not open for business yet, guys. You're going to stay right here in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. Then you'll be open for business. And that's exactly what happened. So he gave them this commission, this job, the mission. He gave them their assignment. And then he said, you just stay put, though. You're not ready yet. You wait for the Holy Spirit. And then when the Holy Spirit comes, oh, here we go. And then Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes. We have Pentecost. And now the disciples are open for business. And it is disciple-making season. His presence empowers us to do this. We can't make disciples on our own. You can't even be a disciple on your own strength and your own power and your own wisdom. You need the presence of God, the power of God, let alone make disciples. We can't make disciples in our own strength and in our own wisdom, but we can in his strength and his wisdom. His presence empowers us to make disciples. So there's our master's authority, our master's assignment, and our master's assurance. Now, if you've been in church very much at all, you've heard this before. You've heard the Great Commission. You might even have it memorized. You've heard this so many times. I have not told you anything new, but I have told you what you tend to forget. We all tend to forget. We're just like the lady at Krispy Kreme. We get focused on what touches us. We get focused on what's in front of us. We get focused on what most concerns us, our schedule, our busyness, what stresses us, and it's easy to lose sight of the big picture. This can happen in church. Many of you have signed up to make disciples this year. Thank God for every one of you. I pray God's blessings on you as you make disciples in Sunday school, Awana and Amped. But now listen, when you're teaching preschoolers, thank God for our preschool teachers in Awana and Sunday school. As you teach preschoolers, it's easy to lose sight of what's going on. You have your lesson, you have those kids, you have what's going on in front of you, you have the safety policies, you have all that stuff, but don't forget... You're making disciples. You're really doing pre-evangelism, pre-discipleship, laying the groundwork for decisions that will prayerfully come later. Not only that, but those preschool teachers, they're ministering to the whole body. As they take care of those preschoolers, teaching them the truths of God, mom and dad now can go somewhere else in the building and make disciples or be discipled. So thank the Lord for those preschool teachers. Children's teachers, much the same thing. You are making disciples. You're leading children into a growing relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God for that. Laying the foundation for decisions to be made in those formative years. People who are working with our youth, Sunday school, or in Sunday school or on Tuesday night, you are discipling. You're making disciples. Youth ministry is not just pizza parties and water balloon fights. We're making disciples. And we need to equip our teenagers to go out into a world of evil. What a sick, perverted, twisted world they are growing up in. They need to be strengthened and ready and prepared to face that world, even as teenagers. Lord, help them. So you're making disciples, and it's all part of the bigger picture. Sunday school classes Sunday school classes are easily distracted, and we get all wrapped up in our class and our fellowship and our friends and our socials and our projects, and we forget there are other classes. We forget there's a whole other church out there. It's not just our class. No, we're part of a bigger picture. We are all here making disciples. We just need to remember why we're here. Why do we do what we do? This is why. We're here to make disciples to the glory of God. Now, as a church, a church can get distracted. There are a lot of good things that can pull the church off mission. You've ever heard of mission creep? <laughs> you army guys, you know about mission creep. A church can experience mission creep. There are good things that can distract the church. For example, Hope Pregnancy Center. Folks, we love and support Hope Pregnancy Center. They are literally saving lives and changing lives. It is a legit ministry. But that's not the mission of the church. Mana Cafe, fuel, loaves and fishes, people who are helping to feed the hungry and house the homeless, that's a good thing to do. Not the mission of the church. The Gideons, the Gideons International. I love the Gideons. Their their whole purpose is to spread the gospel. They want to spread God's word, to distribute Bibles all over the place. That's what they do. That's a good thing. It's not the mission of the church. I mean we could we could go on on down the list. Habitat for humanity, world changers, disaster relief, all kinds of good things. But that's not the mission of the church. Now, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, as someone who has a faith relationship with Christ that shapes and defines your entire life, and as you seek to adhere to His commands and His instructions, as you champion His cause, as you imitate Christ, you may very well find yourself working at Hope Pregnancy Center. You may find yourself at Mana Cafe. You may find yourself doing disaster relief. And that is wonderful. But even then, that's secondary... Subsequent to the main thing, make disciples. Every believer's job, every Christian's mission, make disciples, make disciples. And as a church, that must always remain our unmitigated, unconfused priority. That's our mission. We are here to make disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ or lead people into a growing relationship with the Lord Jesus So those of you who signed up and those of you who have committed to make disciples in Sunday school in Awana, Amped, thank God for you. And I pray God's blessings on you as you fulfill the mission, as you do this as part of the church, making disciples to the glory of God.